I used to hear people say this all the time. Our new patients would say this until they got <laughs> reconditioned. But um, I'm going to be out to a big meal or I'm going to the celebrate the holidays. So I'm going to fast actually <laughs> for the whole oh first part of the day. And that way, and what you're doing when you do that is you're putting your metabolism in a famine state and you're slowing it down for the day and you're jacking up your appetite and reducing your satiety so that by the time you go to eat that meal, you will be consuming a lot more than you would had you not done that um, and with a slower metabolism. This is Fat Science, a podcast dedicated to the science of why we get fat. No diets, no agendas, just science that makes you feel better. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace professional medical advice. I'm Dr. Emily Cooper. I've been treating patients with metabolic issues for over 25 years. I'm on a mission to raise awareness about metabolic dysfunction and why diets don't work. Hi, I'm Andrea Taylor. I've been fat, very fat, chubby, morbidly obese, and done almost every diet ever invented. They all worked until they didn't. I've known Dr. Cooper forever, but when I became her patient and we learned metabolism was the real problem, wow, everything changed, and I've never been healthier. And I'm Mark Wright. It's time for Fat Science. Wait, does this podcast make me look fat? Welcome to Fat Science. It's great to have you here. I'm here with my friends Andrea Taylor and Dr. Emily Cooper. It's great to see great you too. Great to see you guys. Hello. Yeah. I feel like uh, we're heading into the holidays, and and uh, when Andrea flew up from Los Angeles to Seattle for our photo shoot for uh, the pictures that we're using for the podcast, as she was so nice, she brought several tins of cookies. Uh, that she had baked for me. And I feel like Andrea's language of love definitely is is baking. Mm. And it was shortbread. I can't remember what else you made, Andrea, but it was so chocolate good. chip Chocolate oh chip cookies. Oh, chocolate chips, because you gave me some flour from one of your friends who grows special. Yeah, that wheat. mill up in the Skagit yeah. Valley. But it was definitely different. This is going to be so much fun talking about managing our metabolism during the holidays. I think holidays can evoke... Uh, fear and joy, <laughs> all at the same time for many reasons. So let's let's just dive right in. Dr. Cooper, you treat people with metabolic dysfunction and metabolic syndrome. Are the holidays kind of a stressful time for some of your patients? They are. And most of the stress, because you know, our patients are not dieting anymore. They've already been done with that. You know, over the over the treatment process, they let go of their diet mentality and, or at least try to. And, and so it's mostly the stress they have about relatives and what they might say to them and, um, little comments that are made and suggestions that are made. And that's really where most of the stress I see in our patients comes from. Yeah. What about the stress of not eating too much or, you know, because I mean, Andrea, Talk about your experience. You've had, you've tried every diet in the book. You have dieted from the time you were eight years old. And as we've said on past episodes, every single diet worked until it didn't. Until and it didn't. Tell yes. me about the holidays from, from your perspective. What was that like? Well, I mean, there's amazing food at Thanksgiving, at Christmas. There's incredible amounts of food on the buffet table, on the actual table, um, and honestly, 
you want most of it. I mean, there's obviously a few little experimental dishes that you're like, oh, I could pass up on that. But um, <laughs> like most... Ludafisk, just going <laughs> to throw that out that there. You, yeah, that you were talking about. It's like, yeah, I could pass that up. But you know what? I probably would put a little on my plate and say, okay, I'll try it. But now with no dieting and whatever, I'm not going to stack up my plate. I've learned to say, I don't need to take a forklift of my plate and stack it like, because you know what? There's going to be food there tomorrow. And when I see everybody doing it and they're like, oh, you only took a few little things. I'm like, you know what? I could take stuff home. And the way that I get around it with people, because they're like, oh, she doesn't eat a lot anymore. I'm like, you know what? I want to take it home. Can I take it home? Because you know that I don't eat a lot. And, they, you know, people make fun of me or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to take it home. And you're going to not feel so good after and lie down on the couch and be like groaning. <laughs> and I'm going to have a nice big thing for tomorrow <laughs> and the next day. So that's how I'm like, because I want to try every single thing. And you're going to be like, I think I'm going to puke. And I am not going to be saying that. So that's how I deal with it. And I have a nice box of food or bag of food or whatever. And that's how we I deal with it. And I just make light of it. And it seems to be <laughs> working and people are getting used to it because I always have to have dessert and I'm not sacrificing that. Yeah. And I have to have cookies or cake of some sort and that's there. And I'm not going to deprive myself anymore. And I tell people, it's like, why are you sacrificing that? Like, just eat less of that. Like, eat that. Yeah. When we uh, talked with you, Dr. Cooper, a couple of episodes ago about fueling our workouts, um, it really made me think about your philosophy when it comes to food, because your answer about fueling workouts was you really need to have your food cadence down before you really start to get into a serious exercise regimen so that the body is getting consistent food over time. So I'm guessing that your answer may be the same when we ask the question, how should we view food and eating around the holidays? Yes, definitely. It's, it's you know, trying not to let the holidays disrupt your normal schedule of eating because too often people are thinking ahead and thinking, well, if I'm going to be eating that much, I, I mean, I used to hear people say this all the time. Our new patients would say this until they got <laughs> reconditioned, but um, I'm going to be out to a big meal or I'm going to the celebrate the holidays. So I'm going to fast actually <laughs> for the whole oh first part of the day. And that way, and what you're doing when you do that is you're putting your metabolism in a famine state and you're slowing it down for the day and you're jacking up your appetite and reducing your satiety so that by the time you go to eat that meal, you will be consuming a lot more than you would had you not done that um, and with a slower metabolism. So, so it's just better to just not miss a beat. Just keep your consistent eating schedule, go to the event, enjoy everything, eat probably as much as you can without feeling uncomfortable because it's good food and it's celebrating and it's with, you know, with your friends and family and it's a wonderful experience and as Andrea said, you could take things home. But yeah, I, I think you shouldn't go work out and starve yourself before you go to these events, which is what a lot of people tend to do. 
Um, I, I'm kind of with Andrea, you know, Andrea and I, of course, are both patients of yours. And I think that my eating has become so regular over the years that even when I go out for dinner uh, now, I never can eat the whole thing because the portions are so big, but I don't feel bad about it. I just eat until I'm full and then I ask for a, a to-go box. And it really seems like when your metabolism is dialed in, you don't have to have this mentality of, of I'm going to starve myself and then I'm just going to pig out so I can really enjoy it. But the enjoyment actually can come in smaller portions and variety as well. So, um, yeah, it's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's so much more freedom. I'd love to talk about the idea of fat free foods and, and some of these foods that are quote unquote healthier versions of food, because as we head into the holidays, you know, we're looking at things like eggnog and whipping cream and sour cream and things that are traditionally high in fat, What's your advice, Dr. Cooper, on, on how to deal with, quote unquote, healthier foods <laughs> as we make these recipes? Well, sometimes those, quote, healthier versions are actually less healthy because there's more food additives and they have to, to get that texture and the quality. When they remove the fat, they put in all kinds of different gums and, you know, different chemical additives. So you're really better off eating the real thing. And You'll find too, if you try to cut out the fat or cut out the carbs, you can't really trick your body. It will then try to find the fat or the carbs from somewhere else and, you know, and increase your cravings later to compensate. So best thing is just eat the real food. And I'm sure Andrea would agree with that. Yeah. If there's ingredients I can't pronounce, <laughs> yeah. like that are, have utamate or... Oh, like weird, like if on the label, there's like this many things and they have dashes in them. Yeah. It should no. just be like, you know, mm -hmm. dairy milk and yeah, that's it. Yeah. If it's <laughs> or like whatever, I just, sugar. It's and not, what and it's I want to know, feel good. If it makes your mouth go. <laughs> right. I, no. you know, some of those toppings have a, an ingredient called guar gum and I'm like, what is guar gum? And it's like, I don't even know where that comes from. <laughs> And I don't think I want no. to know. Yeah. yeah. I, there's a lot of things that we don't need. And it, it's sort of like fake cheese. Like every nutritionist I ever went to before I met the nutritionist, Jennifer, who works with Dr. Cooper, they would show you this plastic food on a plate. And it was always this really little plate that I'm like, <laughs> well, I have bigger plates than that. <laughs> and then they would show you this fake food. And I'm like... I think the plastic food that they're showing me might taste better than the food they're suggesting. And it was always like plastic cheese. They wanted you to eat plastic cheese. And I'm like, I don't eat that. So I, you can't eat that. It's not going to be satisfying. No, and it won't make you any healthier. Um, yeah. No. <clears throat> so Dr. Cooper, talk about how sophisticated the brain is at, at knowing what we're putting in our bodies. Because couple of episodes ago, you talked about why diet soda is not good because the brain, you know, is tasting something sweet. The body is tasting something sweet, but the calories aren't there and the brain doesn't like that. Right. right? It doesn't, it doesn't like it because it's expecting something to happen and it doesn't nutritionally happen. And then that puts it into that, you know, food protection type of uh, setting. And so at the same thing, if you're cutting out all your fats, you'll just never really feel satisfied because we need to have fats in our diet to help us 
you know, get through the day, our energy levels. And so same thing with, with sugars. And if you're tricking your brain like that, it'll just constantly be craving sugar. So it, I think it's just getting back to just eating real food and looking at your metabolism. If you still are not satisfied when you're eating real food and you're eating on a regular schedule, there could be something wrong metabolically and that should be evaluated. Yeah. I was going to also ask Dr. Cooper, when you recommend eating small balanced meals throughout the day and also snacks, um, could you go over once again, why having protein, fat, and carbs together is the best way to eat? Why, why, why is that? Why does the body like that combination? That's a lot of different reasons, but basically we need protein, fats, and carbs throughout the day. So if our meals don't have them, we will be deficient basically. So even if you leave one of them out, it's not so much the fact that it does help digestive processes to have all the food groups together. It does help your blood sugar regulation to have them all together. But aside from that, if you leave any of them out for even one meal, you'll be shortchanged during the day and you'll be missing them. And then you'll start craving large amounts of those later on and your body won't handle it as well. So part of why we want them at the meals is because we just need so much of it. We need, you know, high quality protein three or four times a day. We need starchy carbs like five or six times a day. We need, we just need this fuel and fats. We need to eat like a gram per kilogram of our body weight per day of fat to help keep our nervous system healthy and to keep our blood sugar and our energy levels balanced throughout the day. So having them all represented in the meals makes a lot of sense. That's really interesting. Um, I have to, I had to laugh when a couple of episodes ago, Andrea said she lives in Los Angeles and let's face it, LA is kind of a different planet. But Andrea said when the bread basket comes out in a restaurant in LA, people look like they look at it sideways, like, what <laughs> are you doing? You're eating carbs and um, it made me think of uh, about a week ago, I was having dinner with someone that I know in, in, a, in a conference that I went to. And uh, we started talking about the podcast and I was buttering my roll uh, as I was getting ready to eat my meal. And she just matter of factly said, you know, if you eat the roll at the end, uh, your blood sugar won't spike as much. And because uh, those are carbs, mom. <laughs> And I was like, I looked at her like, had no idea you were an expert at this. <laughs> but um, but it made me think, Dr. Cooper, that there, there are people who subscribe to a, an order of eating, like, oh, eat your salad last or eat your carbs yes. last. Or talk about, is there any science that backs up the, the idea that the order of how you eat is somehow healthier or unhealthier? I think a lot of that started coming about, you know, just with regard to your digestive processes. So, you know, eating things that take longer to digest first and then eating things that take less time to digest so that you don't push, you're not trying to like push everything past a blockage or something. But, you know, you'd have to have a pretty sensitive dysfunctional GI tract if, if you had to cater to it that much. I mean, not that some people don't have medical problems where they have to adjust that, but the everyday person, there's our body can handle it. But everywhere you go, everybody has some kind of diet <laughs> yes, suggestion for you. And at the holidays, <laughs> everybody's going to say, well, you should fill up on the salad or just eat the 
eat the yams or don't eat the potato. <laughs> like everyone's going to have some kind of diet that they ate better or you're eating it wrong or I do intermittent fasting or I do this and we should all eat before seven o'clock because seven o'clock is when it's, it's, that's going to be killer. We're all going to get fat <laughs> if we eat after seven. You know, I mean, that's how it goes wherever you are. And then, then they're all going to argue, no, it's eight o'clock. <laughs> eight o'clock is the killer hour. And then, I mean, in my family, everyone's got an opinion. So, you know, they're all going to argue what time is the killer time right. and who did better. At, you know, it, that's how it's going to go. Yeah, and even food is blamed. You know, I ate carrots and they are too high oh, yeah. in carbs or I ate these berries. No, that's too much sugar. <laughs> too much sugar in the carrots. Oh. Right. But I want to I want to raise an issue, and 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 Andrea, I'm sure that you've dealt with this over the years. There is so much judgment when it comes to oh. people and their body shape and and their weight. Um, and when I see someone who's really struggling with their weight, I just have a my my heart melts, and I think, man, they must be just struggling with everyday life. And um, Dr. Cooper, you have helped so many people who were in that situation because of metabolic dysfunction or metabolic syndrome to turn that around so that their bodies aren't in the famine state storing all those calories and it's not a struggle anymore. But I want to talk more just about the judgment of, of this all because I think especially around the holidays, someone who may be struggling with their weight and you know they're serving up food at, at the dinner table and, and I, I just think there's way too much judgment and uh, Andrea, have you have you had to deal oh, yeah. with that over the years? You uh, you just know that there are certain people at the table who are diet f crazy, who are looking at you and thinking, "Why is she eating potatoes? Why mm. is she taking gravy? Why isn't she just having the white meat?" I mean, because I do eat dark meat as opposed to the white, and it's like, well, I only eat the dark meat. You know the. I only eat the white meat, I mean, because, you know, the dark meat is all bad. <laughs> it's all bad. Oh. It's all bad. And, you know, when dessert comes, there are certain people who are like, well, we just eat fruit. We don't eat. We don't eat. <laughs> I was like, well, we have a lot of cookies in our family. So, you know, that's what we do. We have cake. We have pie. And they'll, you feel the judgment. It's like, well, your whole family's fat. So, but they would only say yeah. it to, you know, they're not saying it to the people that don't have extra body weight that are doing the same right. thing. So it, it, it definitely but, is judgment. And, right. But, and my thought is like, well, your family's all cranky. <laughs> you know, you want to say that, but you don't. You want to start throwing rocks in the glass house? I got to rock. But you don't, you don't, but you think that's the inside voice, but you hear it and you feel it, you know, it's yeah. terrible. Well, and people, you can't people say at, that. Uh, you know, a quote, normal weight are quick to give advice to people that oh, have elevated I've weight. Had every, I have had every kind of advice, mm -hmm. every kind of advice. And sometimes, I mean, you know, you want to throw the rock back, but you don't because as somebody who's always had a weight issue, there's lots of rocks you can throw, but you don't because you're taught as somebody who has lots of rocks thrown at them, that you can't throw the rock mm -hmm. back. You have the rock thrown at you when you're walking down the street. Somebody feels very, very, you know, it's fine to yell things at people. 
but you don't throw the rock back. I think that's so important too, going into the holidays, if you are a person like that and you are anxious about those comments and all of that, what can people say to just create that boundary so that people won't make these comments or know that it's not okay to make the comments? And that's always something that's a little bit hard when you have like years and years of family dynamics. Yeah. So how do you handle that, Dr. Cooper or, or, or Andrea? I mean, uh, it's, uh, you want to just draw a boundary, but you don't want to insult someone. But it's like, I, I think you're right, Andrea. There are so many people, like my experience <laughs> a week ago, about when I should eat my damn <laughs> yeah, roll. I <laughs> I it's usually, like, and why people, why did people think, oh, because they eat, right. they're somehow an expert on I metabolism? Know. Like, come on. I usually say, you know what? I'm so glad that that works for you. That's a good way to say. I'm really happy that that works for you. Mm. And I'm glad that, that that made you happy. But you know what? Today is today. And this is what I do. I have a lot of families where it goes on. And the parents, we talk about it and they they're worried that's going to affect their kids, you know, that the grandparents are going to make these comments and zing, you know, their, their own children. So they do learn to say to people that are kind of frequent offenders (laughs) that, okay, you know, it's not okay to comment on my body or my food. You know, you can comment on your body and your food, but don't comment on mine or my, or the children's. And you do have to sometimes be that blunt about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is torturous, especially when you're yeah. a kid or when you're not like an old person like me who can say something like mm-hmm. that when your whole entire, like the whole table is saying, put that bro, put the bread down, put the potato down, put this down. I mean, I've had that growing up, Yeah, you know, like the whole table is like, why is she eating that? And in the meantime, the yeah. other people are gorging on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And everyone else is eating all of that. And they're like, she shouldn't have dessert. She shouldn't eat that. It's like my mom, Andrea, with the chocolate bars. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I've had it my whole life from everybody. Uh-huh. So you just sort of learn to just go. <laughs> or you I love the way. I love the fact that you two know each other so well. How uh, how old were you both when you when you first met each other? Were you I next door em- neighbors? Well, em- they lived up the street, but uh-huh. I think Emily was too. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think That's so. awesome. We were joking, joking about my mom is never had any elevated weight or anything like that. No. She has a really strong metabolism throughout her life. And and we always said she was, my mother said she was fat on the yeah. inside. <laughs> because she w- <laughs> That must have gone over yeah, big. <laughs> no, because she would always tell my mother- that she shouldn't eat. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. they would go on vacation. They would go on vacation together and my mother would be like putting cream on something or whatever. Do you really want that? And her mother would say, do you really need that? Do you really want that? And my mother would go, yeah. And I in do. the meantime, <laughs> my, and my mom and then, in the meantime was eating like a pound chocolate bar a day. <laughs> and my mother would go, well, you're fat on the inside. <laughs> Oh my it's gosh. so funny. They were best friends. To, to be a fly yeah, on the wall. They were, they were oh, such good yes, friends and sweet. they enjoyed cooking together too. So right. that was fun. Right. But I mean, that's the difference. That's yes. what metabolism and hereditary issues happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mother could smell food and, you know, her mother could eat it. <laughs> yes. 
I'd love to ask about alcohol consumption during the holidays, Dr. Cooper. Can you talk about what alcohol does to the body, to the metabolism, and just some some general advice? Well, you know, once in a while, alcohol is is okay. But if you get into a pattern of drinking more and for days, you know, repetitive days throughout the holidays, you could throw your metabolism off doing that. Um, it can increase one of the brain famine signals called agouti-related peptide, which is a long word, but it's a very potent weight-gaining uh, neuropeptide, like a neurotransmitter. And so occasional alcohol and normal amounts of alcohol aren't going to trigger it. But if around the holidays you start to really increase your alcohol consumption, it could stir up problems with that neuropeptide. And alcohol also um, is a fuel source. So we do burn alcohol as calor alcohol calories, and it provides a little bit more fuel than carbohydrates and protein. So People sometimes, if they're not eating regularly, they start craving alcohol because they're basically starving and they need those calories. And so getting on a consistent eating plan helps prevent excess alcohol consumption typically. So that's that's the one thing I'd say about alcohol. You know, partake if you want to socially, but then keep track of the fact that you need to be eating regularly and you don't want to increase your alcohol consumption significantly throughout the holidays. Yeah, the, the, the saying, you know, beer belly actually probably yeah. <laughs> came from the, the idea that, you know, seven or 12 beers a day will do that to someone. Right. Wow. And it's not just the calories, it's not way. just the calories, you know, it's the AGRP yeah. levels that are the weight gaining neurotransmitter. Wow. That's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. Huh. Another thing that I was always really surprised about that you always talk about is that stress can elevate your metabolic problems. And it was something I never really thought about as in as something that was in conjunction with metabolic issues. Yes. And that's something during the holidays, most people do have some stress because they're taking high, high stress with their high family. Stress with the family. Yes. I don't. <laughs> sometimes traveling, sometimes taking time off work and falling behind with that. And there's so many reasons, but the stress can actually directly impact your metabolic system by increasing that hunger hormone ghrelin. And ghrelin can then increase your cortisol levels even higher. So they may have been already elevated due to the stress. And now with the ghrelin going up, now you've got even higher cortisol levels and slower metabolism. And so taking somehow stepping back and trying to prioritize things, let certain things go if they're not important so that you don't feel so overwhelmed during the holidays and taking regular, even if they're really short, but just regular breathers, like go for like a five minute walk, go out and get some fresh air, do some breathing exercises, take a hot bath, something like that to just keep those stress levels down is really helpful. Right. Because some people have like stress, like do stress eating, which makes them feel more comfortable. And you have to think about that. Yeah. And always I think about stress eating. What is that? Well, biologically it is that the stress is raising the ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone. So it's a hormonal right. biological effect usually. So it is a real yeah, thing. Yeah, it sure is. Yep. Science. <laughs> yeah. well, it's a real science thing, not just yeah. a, an emotional no. 
thing that we talk about. It is a real scientific actual It is. Uh, the area of our brain that actually helps us adapt to stress is one of the most important areas in our me metabolic pathway too, that keeps our appetite stable and also keeps our metabolism burning at a normal rate. So stress can get in there and really derail a lot of these different normal processes in the metabolic path leading to increased ability to like keep eating and kind of a sense of not wanting to move around that much. Um, and if your cortisol levels get high, then that can disrupt your normal sleep patterns too. And then that becomes an issue. Right. We talk about like how you need to make sure that you get enough sleep during these kind of times, especially during the holidays, to just keep yourself regulated and not get off your regular patterns as much as um, you might during an, a different type of regular time in your life. Right. Yeah. You told us a couple of episodes ago, Dr. Cooper, that a couple of the really important metabolic hormones are only produced at certain times of the night, uh, you know, in the middle of a good night's sleep. So boy, that's interesting. You know, and it just makes me think that, uh, you know, I think a lot of the ways that I've dealt with stress over the years is I just sort of perceive periods of stress as, oh, well, this is a stressful time. Instead right. of actively managing my stress the way that you've suggested, because if we take charge of that, then we actually are putting our bodies in a better position to keep our metabolism on track and not to get into that stressed state. Yes, it's right? true. And it doesn't take that much. It's really more of a mindset too, that um, to not, you know, to if you catch yourself becoming in that anxiety mode, if you can then implement those strategies to just kind of calm your system and see the big picture, breathe, those kind of things. Even if it's only two minutes, it can actually affect your stress hormones in a positive way. And having a backup plan if you're the cook. Oh, uh, that's a good one. A num number of years ago, I can't remember what happened, but I completely ruined the turkey. And so I went down to the grocery store near our house. Thank goodness they were open on the holiday. And I bought a deep fried turkey breast Ooh, and I brought it perfect. home. And my, one of my sons said, this is the best turkey I've ever had. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, see, I was stressing out for nothing. Mm, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Know, hot, any any final? Hot dogs are always good. <laughs> <laughs> As a backup plan. <laughs> Pass the buns. Pass the buns. Oh, any final thoughts from from either of you about how... To, to keep our metabolisms on track during the holidays, Andrea? I, I would think, it, you know what? I just think you can eat everything. Just don't pile the plate so high that you can't lift it. <laughs> I mean, I think that that is the key. Use that as a gauge. <laughs> yeah. Use it as a gauge that you can do it with one hand. <laughs> and Dr. Cooper, how I about say, you? I say just you know, enjoy the holidays, embrace them and keep up your normal routines as much as you possibly can in terms of like regular eating, your regular sleep, manage your stress and just enjoy yourself. And you don't have to wait until the new year to, to make changes in your life for the better. You know, that, do oh, it today. That's true. Do it Ab today. You don't have to wait till things are a crisis. But, you know, health clubs always get yes. packed right after the first of <laughs> the year sure. with well-meaning people. I've been in that group before. <laughs> um, well, this has been fun. Uh, Andrea Taylor, Dr. Emily Cooper, this has been another edition of Fat it's been Science. been great, Mark. Great, Andrea. Thank you.
No diets, no agendas, just science that makes you feel better. I'm Mark Wright. Thanks for listening to Fat Science with Dr. Emily Cooper, a Work P2P production. New episodes drop every Monday. If you've enjoyed the conversation, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. This production is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace professional medical advice. Join us next week for another episode dedicated to the science of why we get fat. No diets, no agendas, just science that makes you feel better.